0: welcome to the entrepreneur podcast the podcast for entrepreneurs with ADHD we speak to successful business owners and industry experts to bring you the best tips and insights to help you launch and scale your business stick with us and we'll give you actionable steps that you can take right now that will get results this podcast is hosted by Dan Gizane, founder of entrepreneur.com and owner of Hoxo Creative the web agency that helps your business stand out and get results Now on to the show with your host, Dan Gazane. Welcome to episode 7 of the Entrepreneur Podcast and today I'm talking to Dr. Dawn Brown. Dawn is a author, ADHD expert and a psychiatrist as well as a speaker. Dawn's new book, the ADHD Lifestyle Series, talks about exercise routines you can help to use manage your children's symptoms of ADHD plus much more and tips all adults can use as well. So uh, welcome to the show Dawn.
1: Thank you so much Dan for having me. I'm honoured to be on your show.
0: I'm glad to have you. So uh, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and what it is you do?
1: sure so i'm actually located in houston texas i'm originally from flint michigan i've actually am a double-boarded child adolescent and adult psychiatrist here in houston texas i own and operate adhd wellness center which I started in 2014 after realizing there weren't many resources available in our community for those who have ADHD. And so as a child psychiatrist, I'm mainly seeing kids, but more and more of late, I've been seeing more adults, including their parents or other adults that are becoming more aware of ADHD wellness with promoting awareness, as you say, as I'm a speaker, I'm a podcaster, a media influencer. And so um, second to my job as being a psychiatrist, I also promote awareness and education in different community subsets. And we discuss ADHD and other mental health conditions.
0: So yes. tell me about the, the ADHD Wellness Center. What What is that?
1: Yeah, so I am so proud of ADHD Wellness Center. It's basically a um, medical practice where I actually have my own patients and I help manage their ADHD symptoms as well as other common comorbidities. Um, such as for kids, dyslexia, um, sometimes oppositional defiant disorder, conduct disorder, anxiety. And as well as for adults, the comorbidities are typically anxiety and depression. But the main focus is with ADHD. So my main role is to be a medical provider in focusing on medication management. But I'm also an ADHD coach like yourself, Dan, because I really do feel that behavior management is equally as important as addressing how medication can also help those with adhd symptoms
0: brilliant i like to know the differences as well between like the uk and the usa i mean there's it's amazing i mean my uh, my eldest son is eight he's just been diagnosed with adhd and tourette syndrome so we're just going through that now we're, we're looking at everything that happened to me as a child and, and what i went through but the help available now compared to then is, is completely different i mean when i when i was younger my mother was offered to put me into care for mm-hmm. a week at a time that's what they, they said they couldn't they couldn't give me written in because of epilepsy so we'll take yeah. him off you for a week and I was like, that's mm-hmm. horrendous. Obviously, luckily for me, my mother didn't do that. But I mean, these days, we've got brilliant treatment. we are being offered CBT. Is that something you do over there?
1: Yes, yes. And so like the UK, um, you know, when you're really considering 10 or 15 years ago, um, even when I was in elementary school, you know, I have ADHD as well. I'm also known as the MD with ADHD in America. And... W- you know, we were considered as, as a female. I was Chatty Cappy, <laughs> is what we call our, You know, the females or the girls who have ADHD, and the boys were just a little aggressive and required extra time outside. But it wasn't really recognized as ADHD. It was recognized as you know you're basically exhibiting poor behavior, and these are the consequences for that behavior. But there was also a a time previous to that where a lot of kids, unfortunately, were diagnosed misdiagnosed it's like 28 kids out of 30 in the class were diagnosed with ADHD. So a lot of parents were very cautious about that because they didn't want their kids on Ritalin or Adderall and they weren't really familiar. They weren't comfortable with the ADHD. The diagnostic classification, how we assess ADHD at that time, wasn't something that people were comfortable with either. And, you know, as as the years go by and we learn more about our brain, and we know about more about the condition, because I call it amazability once you know how to manage it. You know, you can really understand a person having ADHD regardless of what age they are. And you can actually receive help, like for example, CBT, medication management, behavioral management that is found with an ADHD coach. So there's so many different type of treatments now that are also available in, in America. Um, we still have yet a ways to go. Um, Because in America, you know, there's still, still such a stigma that surrounds mental health in general um but because ADHD is most common disorder in kids and adolescents and again i stated more adults are becoming more aware that they may have the disorder about 8.4 million adults 6.6 million kids now we're you know they're they're actually coming to terms hey this is something that is interfering you know with my child or my functioning and so um we're making some headway but i i find a lot of similarities with UK residents and America residents. And it's also interesting, Dan, that you mentioned that because I actually have a group called ADHD Supermoms and it's, it's, it's basically a, a mom's group of women who parent children with ADHD. And as you can imagine, majority of, of moms have ADHD themselves because there's a genetic component to ADHD, right? And so, um, you know, I have a lot of moms from the UK in that group. And so it was, it was really good to really get an understanding that, you know, Americans are not alone. This is worldwide condition that we really need to address. And I, and I do believe we're making headways just as what we're doing here and talking about the disorder. Or this condition
0: definitely and i think as well by, by being on facebook's brilliant one but by facebook groups and speaking to people and you hear people's stories and you think well wow, that's the exact mm-hmm. same problems i've heard and all these people have the same problem you see different people that are doing really well i've spoke to millionaires with brilliant businesses who got into their businesses because of their creativity and their drive but other people who, who probably have the same kind of skills and other skills but they've got they're struggling at the wrong end and probably got into the wrong kind of work
1: that's right and that's why I'm very helpful for people like your son right they have Tourette's but he also has ADHD I understand the creative mind that he has And, and like his father you I've read your story as well and how you found different jobs and opportunities, you know, that they were actually awesome for you because they weren't necessarily sitting at a desk for, you know, periods of time, but they were very stimulating and it didn't require sustained focus, but you were still able to operate at your optimal level. So you were able to, you know, adjust. To to the jobs that you chose. And so, you know, there's a lot of hope for us. I I feel that we're very creative individuals. And like you're saying, we actually bring a lot to the world as far as our creativity, our intelligence, our brilliance. And so um, we make the world better.
0: Definitely. We do. So, so how about yourself? How did you get into psychiatry in the first place? Did you did you go leave school and college with with that in mind? Did you think, well, I'm going to go out and help others like myself, or was it something you fell into? Yeah, that's
1: a, that's a great question. Something I actually fell into. Psychiatry was the last thing on my mind. I actually wanted to become a neurosurgeon. Initially, I followed the grades of American surgeons such as Alexa Kennedy, Dr. Keith Black, Dr. Ben Carson. And I used to watch PBS specials when I was a child, and I just knew I wanted to be a doctor. And then as I grew more fond of the brain, I knew that I wanted to be a surgeon. But after shadowing a few surgeons and seeing that they were in surgery for 16 plus hours, And there were some many other things that I wanted to experience, you know, in life. I said, well, maybe this is not the right thing for me, but I would like to find something else because the brain was so intriguing. I wanted to do something in the field that requires the brain. And so um, I became more interested in neurology. And what's interesting during my residency, after my medical school tenure, I actually um, was able to meet one of my mentors, Dr. Parks, and um, she was a child psychiatrist. And I love the way that she engaged with her patients. Um, she was a Christian, and I'm a Christian as well. And so, I there was so many similarities in how we communicated with people. You know, being being a psychiatrist or even a person of mental health field, I think we we truly possess a gift. Um, you know, just like any other field, you know, it, it, some fields require gifts, right? It's, it everything can't be learned. And so, I really wanted to hone in on that. I I really was blessed to have that, and so I found that people trust me easily, and they just started talking to me about their problems, and so that was the first rotation that I did to kind of get it out the way. But it was the the last rotation that I compared everything else to, and so I, I knew that that was probably destined to be a child psychiatrist.
0: So being a psychologist or, or being any kind of medical professional takes a lot of work academic work so one one thing i've struggled i mean i've gone to university a postgraduate course without having a degree. I'll, I'll just proved that I could work at that level. You know, the workload was fine, but actually getting it done was horrendous. I and mean, I see it for so many people who have got the brain to do that, but the, to get it written down or to get things done on time is a real big thing. I mean, can you share any kind of strategies you've learned for yourself or any tips for studying better and actually getting work completed for people that are at like, that doing similar things at the minute?
1: Yes, definitely. So I wasn't diagnosed with ADHD until my last year of my child psychiatry fellowship. So here I am going through 16 years after high school um, with my postgraduate degree, right? And so my final year of my fellowship, one of my mentors suggests I get tested. Now here I am, chief resident Um, So basically, I was in charge of uh, a select group of residents. Um, I was in charge of organizing their call schedule and doing other types of structured things. And um, I kept busy. So one of the things that I know helped with my structure at the time, unknowingly to me that I had ADHD was keeping a schedule. And I found myself really sticking to my schedule. And so that really helped when I didn't know, you know, I had a condition that impacted my organizational skills. And so once I found out that I had ADHD that last year, um, I didn't believe it. (laughs) I actually sought the opinion of three physicians and um, all of them concluded that I had ADHD. So I started treatment because I, I just couldn't believe that, you know, here I am organizing ADHD clinic, but I have ADHD. So, you know, it became my normalcy. And then the reason why I want to express that before you know, I truly answer your question is because I think a lot of uh, adults out there are living like us or living like myself, where I'm not diagnosed until my adult years. And it just became my sense of normalcy to be busy all the time, to have a lot of thoughts going on in my head, to be that person that talks a lot, um, and you know, I could go on and on, you know, have four or five hours of sleep and be just as energetic the next morning. And I'm in late aisle. that's what owl. That's where my creativity comes. So you know, a lot of these things I saw in my mom. Um, and a lot of these things I just saw they were just a part of dawn. but I didn't recognize that they were disabling me because I still maintain good grades. I still maintain good friendships is that people tolerated me probably. And then I had, you know, some, you know, my mom was a, a professor. So she had a lot of, you know, um, strategic ways of managing. But one of the things that I do recommend for adults that do struggle, even if it's in coursework or if it's in in, in, in their field of, of employment is to first, you know, make sure that you're structured, you know, creating a structure is so important. It, it, you know, because of our mind can be so disorganized, we, we, we yearn for something that's organized. And so making sure that you plan, that you um, prepare your plan, um, that you prioritize your plan, and then you actually act out your plan. So that's kind of one of the things I teach in my, with my ADHD coaching clients is that it's so important to keep us a calendar. And we, we've proven that the brain has proven that if we write things down and we cross them out, there's a surge release of dopamine, which is an awesome chemical. And it's a reward pathway chemical. So we feel accomplished. We feel that we're, you know, planning, we're not over planning, we're not putting too many things on our plan, we're being realistic, but we're crossing things out, so we're getting things done. And I know for a lot of people with ADHD, they often find themselves not getting things done, starting multiple things at once, putting a lot on their plate, setting themselves up because they can't complete all the things they put on their plate, procrastinating, I can, you know, I can go on and on. So, I mean, that's a huge concept of just planning. And making sure that you stick with something that's regimented. Um, Sleep and appetite are so important. Making sure that you get six, eight hours of sleep, even though our brain doesn't want to. (laughs) And I'm still working on that every single day. Um, But, you know, practicing good sleep technique, hygiene, um, you know, and also not stimulating your mind at night as well as eating good you know, sources of, of foods, making sure your plate is colorful with all the vitamins and uh, vegetables and proteins because everything that we put into our body um, does affect our mind and we have to feed that, right? And likewise, how we're made, we have to eat and we have to sleep. So sleep is also important.
0: Definitely. I think a lot of people as well, uh, like you say, night out, and, but it, it depends. I could stay up now. If I, if I work on a website project, I've, I've got four children, so I need to be up early every single day, but, but you know, you could be up all night, like researching things and doing things, so I think i would just get a little bit done, and i look and it would be like hours later, like four or five in the morning, and i need to be up at eight o'clock or earlier. Yeah. And, and it's the same... twins. Yeah, yeah. It, it's all the time, isn't it? But you, we manage... But yeah
1: you 're exactly right, and yeah. and you know there 's ways that that can be resourceful, yeah right, and so it 's really just about managing it. You brought up a really good keyword it 's about how to manage that to where it 's healthy and it 's productive and it 's human right because we we know that we can 't do that every single night because we won 't be able to function optimally, um, but we tend to focus on things that we have an invested interest in, right, and we want to see it done. Because sometimes we're not used to things being done. So we want to, you know, just want to see things done. So we'll work and we'll work and we'll work and we're proud of our accomplishments. But like you said, something else, we sacrifice other things. And so I think the key word that you mentioned, management, is so important.
0: I think it's the impatience, is it? And, and you know, when you want something, you want it done now. You don't want to wait till the next day or week. Or You want things now. With the internet and, and the thing like Amazon, where you can get things delivered like the same day or the next day, that is horrendous. It really is.
1: I just ordered something on Amazon yesterday yeah. and I got it <laughs> yeah. today. Oh, yeah. So that's why I'm laughing. You're yeah. exactly right. So, you know, it's yeah. a daily challenge and a daily kind of str- sacrifice that we have to do, right? It, we have to manage it every single day. But as long as we do it, you know, we we, we function well, you know? Yeah. And so. It's just, we bring your spice to life.
0: Well, one thing when we talk about Amazon, one thing I was talking to someone in the Facebook group, actually, a couple of hours ago, someone mentioned free trials and, Mm -hmm. you know, subscriptions when you get like a special offer for something and the amount of times people sign up for things or they buy things and don't need that thing and don't send it back or they subscribe to something and just forget it could be netflix and all these different things build up and then you're paying for it monthly we use like a prepaid visa and i'll use that to sign up for something and see if i'm gonna like it if i I like it and i tell you to like my business or my personal life i'll then pay for that happily But if it's something i'm not going to use again and then i'll think i'll I'll cancel it next week or the week after i'm not going to do that so by using a prepaid card i've cut that out then because the prepaid card is only what i top up and it limits me to spending anything else and it's a brilliant way for you for you for managing what you spend it in?
1: I actually would like to try your strategy. I think that's an excellent idea because, you know, Dan, I'm in the same boat. There's so many subscriptions that I have, right? And I would say probably half I don't use. And you're right, half I've forgotten. And so what I've done is I actually set my phone to say, make sure you cancel by this date if you're not liking what you get. And a lot of times I even miss those reminders. So I would love to... Practice and try out your uh, recommendation. I think that's an awesome recommendation um, to use something that's prepaid. And I think that's an awesome way to use um, or an awesome example, excuse me, of a behavioral management technique that helps us. Right. And so that we're not wasting money. We're not, you know, of things that we're not finding useful or not using or forgetting to use. So that, that's a great idea.
0: Oh, thank you. Great idea. If, if we go back to the, the wellness center, how did that come about in the first place?
1: Yes. You know, so part of it was, I, I, I found that there was a lack of, of support. Um, there, there's even some, a few psychiatrists who don't believe in ADHD, unfortunately. Um, there's other doctors who may not necessarily have the experience, level of experience that certain providers or psychiatrists may have. Um, And so the other part was that I was seeing a lot of patients um, where they required a lot of of time and commitment, a lot, had many severe um, disorders. And so what I wanted to do was after finding that many of my kiddos that I was seeing had ADHD, many of their parents had ADHD, um, I wanted to create a practice where they could find it like a go-to practice where they can find everything that they need in order to manage effectively. So that's how the brainchild of ADHD wellness center came to fruition. The other side of that was my decision in trying to find a job that didn't require a lot of emotion. Um, I, I'm a very emotional person. I've come very attached of course with boundaries, but I, but when you know yourself and you know, how you're best effective for people. Like, for example, some patients I went home and I was still thinking about them, trying to come up with a treatment plan because they were suicidal or they had schizophrenia or bipolar disorder. So, part of this was saying, Dawn, you know, you have to be real with yourself, you understand who you are. Um, some of the idiosyncrasies indigo- that you have, you have to make sure that they're, you know, put into, um, ba- they have boundaries. And so that was one of the reasons why I also chose ADHD Wellness Center. I wanted to make sure I managed something that I could manage that didn't require like call time um, when I would be up. But also manage something that I know that I could find, uh, you know. Hopefully, the community could find as a valuable resource. I, I, yes. th- I
0: think as well. You're, you're invested in people, aren't you? So you can't you can't help get emotional or get involved. We're humans at the end of the day.
1: Exactly, and I take that seriously with with passion and empathy. Um, and I always tell patients, you know, I'm I'm a patient myself. I know how you feel. You know, and so I'm an adult version of your child, you know, for those who have ADHD and for parents who are concerned. And so you're exactly right. I think we all know our own limits and what's healthy and what's not. And so, you know, that was important to me as well in my lifestyle. Mm -hmm.
0: So if we get on to your your book, how did that come about in the first place? Obviously, there's a need for it, definitely. It's a brilliant need. I've got it in my Amazon basket. I haven't checked out yet. Oh, yes. I'm
1: going to see you a book, Dan. I'm going to see you a couple. Yes, I appreciate it. So this is my brainchild this is my baby the adhd lifestyle series volume one the reason why it's volume one because my goal is to create multiple volumes so the first series is it's gonna so i'm actually working on volume two right now this actually came out last year and this focuses on building balanced meals and exercise routines for children so every single day i see patients um and i focus on medication management although focus is also seen on how to create a better sleep schedule, how to eat better, you know, what are behavioral management techniques that you can do. I've always had a passion to make sure that I provide comprehensive care. And even though I'm not able to do that as a psychiatrist with the primary role of of being a medication provider, this actually fulfills the other part. And so this book actually talks about meals. It it talks about how moms can shop with their kids who have ADHD. I give tips on what to look for, how to recognize if a certain amount of glucose, how glucose is masked in meals, you know, or sugars. I'm sorry. And they're called other things like glucose, fructose, sucrose. Um, Right. Right. And so that, you know, that's not known how ingredients such as caffeine may not necessarily be a a good ingredient for your child. And I I find that a lot in some of my moms who are in my group who've given up on medicines, who've given up on other treatments and they just give their son or daughter a can of soda in the morning. You know, it's real and and they find it helpful because nothing else has been. You know, so I I educate them on how that affects their heart, how it affects their body. We also I also talk about developmental and age developmental appropriate exercises for kids that are also helpful. So I wouldn't put a five year old in football, you know, but I would definitely like to see that five year old in karate, which I find is my most favorite, um, you know, sport to recommend to kids who have ADHD. Because of how it teaches discipline, it teaches award systems, it teaches group, you know, um, in 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 in, in minding their peers. Um, there's so much that karate brings to a child's maturity and their age and development. So those things I talk about in here, and I give recipes. I talk about meditation, you know, how meditation um, is helpful. So it's really kind of my second half of what I want to do in my practice, but I. Um, I'm not able to bill for my practice, but it's in the book. And so the second and third series will talk about classroom strategies. The third series will talk about home strategies. And then I'm going to a different group. Um, I'm going to entrepreneurs is my second group. And pro- professional athletes is my third group because um, ironically, I see a lot of professional athletes as well. So there's there's different groups that I'm going to make sure, you know, I give some knowledge about with ADHD.
0: Oh, wow we'll have to get you back on them when you talk when your new book comes out
1: yes Definitely.
0: yes i want to get back to your um to, to mm-hmm. talk about sports so so my eldest is eight there's 18 months difference with the two boys no, they're really close in age and the eldest is eight he's got adhd the youngest we need to take to the doctor we need to get the process started because he has got adhd we can just tell but i've recently taught them boxing because i was into my boxing when i was younger they go to boxing and they they love it it's brilliant they get yeah. the energy out there's discipline they still kind of don't listen and wander off and do their own thing, but on mm-hmm. there then to support them and teach them and speak to them. It's only been a few weeks so far, but they, they enjoy it. So they're in, they're in something and it's my job then to keep them at it. Because when I was younger, I'd flutter into like karate, judo, martial, all sorts of martial arts and sports and then not go again. I'd go somewhere else and do other things and didn't like the structure. Mm-hmm. And it was getting there as well. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. sports is brilliant. Being involved in something and giving them small goals. And, like the, right. and and the achievements is a real big thing, isn't it?
1: Exactly. It yeah. really is. Yeah. And when you see your child enjoy themselves and meet friends naturally, because, again, that's another concern that many kids with ADHD have is that. They, they, they know how to make friends, but a lot of them don't know how to maintain them. Yeah. And it may be because the symptoms get in the way. Right. And so when they're involved in these community sports, you know, these friendships come naturally because they're focused on enjoying what they're doing. And, you know, when a child is progressing in a sport and they're doing well and they're rewarded, you know, for how they're doing in a sport, you're, you're exactly right. It really brings out self-confidence, self-worth, fulfillment and happiness. And that's what we want our kids to be. You know, we want them to be happy and not recognize as being different. Um, but this is something that, you know, kids, especially with ADHD, because of, you know, th- their minds are very, very stimulated and very, very active. So we just try to match that sometimes with other things that they can do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's brilliant. So that's awesome to hear about your sons. I, yeah. I'm, I'm You hear about
0: that, yes. Yeah, so it's only been a few weeks, but they enjoy it, that's the main thing. And we're we're gonna get there. We'll keep going, keep my it, and it's just something for them to do then. Whether they pursue it as as they get older, it's it's up to them, isn't it? But they're in something now.
1: Awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That really is, and that's so important that parents start that as early as possible. And so that's why one section of the book talks about even as early as three, what's age and developmentally age appropriate, um, you know, for kids to consider, um, because a lot of you know parents have that question. Well, is 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 my son or daughter, you know, are are they ready to get involved in karate? Do you feel that developmentally they they're able to handle that? So I think those are good questions, and so I also talk a little bit about that in the book as well so yeah
0: you, obviously you've, you've written one book you wrote another one at the minute how do you actually go about writing it do you, do you use a transcription service do you sit and write daily
1: you know I wrote this book in three days oh wow <laughs> I use one of my ADHD techniques my ADHD symptoms <laughs> 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 I, I wrote my book in three days wow. um yes um it's kind of what you mentioned before, Dan. When, when you're on, I think you used the analogy of you having a computer development or, or something like that, a computer program that you're working on at night and you just, you want to get it done. Yeah. So I, I, I always had a vision of writing a book. I just didn't know what it was going to be about. And then when this idea came to, you know, to kind of my brain, um, I, I created a brain dump. So I, I just wrote everything down and then I, I just wrote it in three days. And wow. so, yeah, yeah. And I wrote it on Microsoft word. So I didn't <laughs> use any type of transcription service or anything like that. I did use a self-publishing company. Yes. And so um, that, that was something that I wanted to make sure because I, I wasn't familiar and it was a number one bestseller in four categories. So I was really, really proud on Amazon to, to, to receive that acknowledgement, but I think it's it's been a very valuable piece of me because it's it's I also include my secrets. You know, it's, it's also entitled secrets from an MD with ADHD. So I even share some of my personal stories growing up when I didn't know I had ADHD. But now I'm foretelling that to parents who are looking at their children and, you know, coming from an adult version. You know, these are some of the things that wasn't recognized at ADHD, but there's some things that could be. And so I try to inform parents just to watch out for certain signs as well. Mhm.
0: Thank you. And yeah. That's amazing! That you got it in three days. I mean, how, <laughs> how did you publish the book? How did you get it out there in the first place? Did you have a network in place? Have you just did you just go out there and put it on social media?
1: Great uh, question. So yeah, I did have a network in place. Um, so I, I didn't do this all on my own. I, I you know I, I definitely don't want to take all that credit. I, I was a part of. I'm a part of a doctors group, a doctorpreneurs group. Actually, oh wow. is what what they're called. Yes, and basically we're a group of doctors who like to do other things outside of medicine. And so what we do is take our skills, our traits, our experiences within the medical field. And we, we, we are, majority of us are speakers. Um, many of us are book writers. Um, many of us are media influencers. And so it, it's, it's a group of us that actually um, spearheaded by Dr. Trayvon Burch, who's an OBGYN here and, and known as America's favorite OBGYN. Um, and so he basically spearheads our group as a, as a coach. And that's how I came to write my first book. So even though I had the idea in mind, he had all of the resources in place, and so um, the two and two came together, and I was able to achieve that within a short period of time.
0: That's amazing. It's because you got this, the support network in place. It's is so, so important, isn't it?
1: You know, yeah.
0: so many so people have content and don't know where to, where to put it out in the first place or where to get help, and it gets lost. So. With that's, the white people around you, especially the influencers, who are people around you, it's a completely different ball game. But yeah,
1: that's right. You know, I'm I'm in a different stage of my um, branding career, and so I'm doing a lot of speaking engagements. And you know, my my significant other reminded me today. You know, make sure you you know keep surrounding yourself. With influencers, you know, go to the people that are doing what you want to do. They don't have to be in the same field, and I think that's a very important and valuable lesson for entrepreneurs. You know, if you can recognize there are mentors, even within your field or doing what you like to do in their business, you know, you want to model something or there's something you appreciate about what they're doing in their business. Um, make sure that you know, be, you know, become a mentor, become a mentee you know that's important that you surround yourself with people who are are already doing what you would like to do or you know can kind of you know give you some guidance along the way and so facebook groups i found that's where i found my dr group you know I went to actual school with Dr. Birch but you know he actually started a Facebook group and so I think Facebook groups are, valu- are very valuable resources so just plug in some key terms or keywords and start searching for them because there, there are so many groups out there that are very supportive especially for entrepreneurs
0: yeah there's a lot I think, I think it's hit and miss I think you need to do research like you say and search keywords see what works see what groups are engaged some yes. people some groups sound amazing you go in there's no it's you know or someone's trying to sell something constantly it's just spam but but there are the few groups in there like I found adhd groups where i found the people that i spoke to about this in the first place mm-hmm. um i found uh, wordpress web development groups were yes. an eye opener for my business it's where i, I learned all sorts and, it, and it's amazing facebook is brilliant oh, that's the reason so many people still use facebook right nobody wants to know what I you know. have for dinner do they
1: yeah, yeah right all, all that kind of
0: stuff no i don't think anyone's interested in that anymore it's just the groups the power of support groups are absolutely it's amazing
1: it is but yeah, it is and you're right finding the right group that's yeah. right for you mm-hmm. that's important
0: obviously exactly for right. anyone listening we've got the adhd business owners group which you need to join oh.
1: So, I will. I'm oh, looking please, forward to it. I'm, yeah. as a matter of fact, I'm gonna join right after we're done. Cool. I, I can't wait. I'm excited to be yeah. um asked to to join us. Such an awesome group.
0: I think it's it's literally like twenty people so far, but we're gonna get there. It's been a couple of weeks. Oh, so, yeah. So, so yeah,
1: we're
0: on the Definitely. Way. Definitely.
1: Every great idea starts with small. Yeah, so I, I love the idea that you've created a group where like minded individuals can come together yeah. and be creative together and support one another. Yeah.
0: And I think so from, from friends that have got decent Facebook groups, probably same as yourself. It's, mm-hmm. And I started a social media agency years ago before I started the web agency, before we moved into that. And it's, you know, you can have all the numbers in the world. You can have 20,000 people in a group, but that's not <laughs> going to be valuable, is it? It's, it's the fair. value you want. So it might have a small group, but hopefully as we grow, we'll get the right people in there, the engagement, and it'll be add value to people that use it, hopefully.
1: So. That's right, and and that's why and nothing against men, nothing against fathers. Um, but you know, I started out with with managing or, or, or guiding moms, excuse yeah. me, and so that was important to me. So there's questions in order to be considered for the book group, you know, that are asked of, of of moms to make sure that they meet gr- the group's criteria. Because I think that's important that when you're part of a group and you're kind of becoming vulnerable and you're you know you're you're sharing your story. That the purpose of the group is for moms, right? And so you want to make sure that it's for moms with kids with ADHD or have ADHD themselves. And so you want to make sure that that cohesiveness, you know, is a part of the group. It's it's not degrading or, or you know um, dismissing anyone else. But you know, I think like you stated, you know, what you want to make sure you find a group that's a right fit for you and it's going to benefit you and you benefit it, right? Because it's all about sharing your your stories and your experiences and your support.
0: Definitely. And Mm -hmm. I I think also, I think I like what you've done. If Hopefully the same as myself as it goes. um, But if anyone else wants to start a Facebook group, it's the same with your business. If you're trying to target, you know, if I'm a web designer, I'm targeting everyone. I'm a web designer, I I build websites for anyone. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to charge you kind of fees that I want. I'm not going to get the right kind of clients because I'm not talking to anyone in specifically. I'm talking to everyone. It's the same as Facebook. You know, if, Mm -hmm. if you want everyone with ADHD or children with ADHD and anyone to do with adhd to join your group that's not Mm. going to be valuable right you're not going to get as many people interested and engaged you might join it and then not participate but by targeting mothers obviously they're going to have the same kind of problems questions and you can really help them and focus on helping them so so it's brilliant
1: Yes, you're exactly right. Because, you know, why, why do we join clubs? Why do we join groups? Because yeah. we want to be with like-minded individuals. We want to be with individuals that share the same experience or understand how we're feeling today, you know? And so um, that, that what you mentioned is, is so important. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. I think I find value in the actual individuals that are in the group, not in the numbers.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And with social media again, Mm-hmm. I mean um, you're probably going to tell me that you're probably going to go against everything I, I think because I need to be structured and, and plan things but you've, mm-hmm. you've write a book in three days so you probably making it again <laughs> but but how do you manage your you know your speaking engagements your social po- social posts do you, do you schedule it do you use talks for that
1: yeah so I started out by using so I'm a tech savvy gal and so um part of ADHD is tech savvy um my, my patient's schedule appointments online. I do a lot of telepsychiatry. I'm licensed in Texas and Illinois, I forgot to mention that. So I see a lot of my patients, pretty much a majority of my patients online. I'm also um, a provider for two clinics in Texas, as well as one in Illinois, and also I'm a provider for another clinic in Texas. So I'm pretty busy, um, but the telepsychiatry helps. So what I wanted to do was, well, what I learned is in creating my business, you know, and, and becoming more of an entrepreneur as a brand, I knew that I wanted to incorporate something that could you know make it as easy and me not be around and things still happen. So part of this doctors group that I referred you to, we were able to come together and um, basically give each other ideas and how we could create that. And so you know, Buffer is uh, is a is a um, online. media toolkit that you can use to plan out your postings and you can do it as far as advanced as you like. Um, So, and then you have Ripple, which is a IG social media type of marketing tool that can you, that you can use such as in promo. I use promo 30 second commercials. So initially I was doing all of this while doing those other things that I mentioned. And it was because. <laughs> See, that's the thing with us with ADHD. We take on a lot, right? And and for a period of time, we're we're accomplishing things, but then it becomes overwhelming. And so I knew that I needed a marketing team. And so I actually found a marketing team last August who I oh I love. And they actually um, actually became on with my brand. I, I felt there was a really good fit. They believed in my brand. Um, I believed in what they could provide for, for my brand. And so they've actually just taken over this month, my marketing strategies, but I've been doing it all myself. Um, as long as you plan ahead, Let's say you're an entrepreneur, you're starting out and you want to start, you know, advertise your business. Well, nowadays, yeah, social media is kind of a must because a lot of people look to social media to find businesses. Right. So, you know, I I, there are individuals who, you know, shy away from social media. But the thing about this is that you can plan it to where you're not constantly on it. So using those resources to plan it out ahead of time, they do exist. They do exist, and it also helps with you having ADHD because we know part of the behavioral management is planning things out in order to fulfill the goal, and so it just works in line with what we're already doing with our schedules, right? To to function optimally, so there there are many tools out there that you know that can be used to to be helpful for entrepreneurs to advertise or market their businesses.
0: Definitely, I mm-hmm. think it's really important to, for people with with marketing, especially. Not to, you know, sit on Facebook, not to think about your post too much. And and for me, i found the, the best thing with <laughs> blog posts, anything. If you, I mean, obviously, you, you can transcribe, you can use Rev.com. But the best thing, instead of opening up Facebook or your your blog or Instagram, is to create the content first. Yes. And then post it. Because if you open Facebook, you're going to get distracted. You're going to be looking at what other people have for breakfast or who's friends with who, <laughs> or what people are doing, or you might just find something interesting. But you also, you, you can start getting brain fog and kind of overwhelmed at what I'm going to post. Whereas if you open up a like a, a Word document, you can do it in Google Docs, anything, Evernote. I love Evernote for gathering mm-hmm. notes and thoughts. It's amazing, isn't it? But, yes, um,
1: I use it too, Dave.
0: Yeah, it's brilliant.
1: <laughs> it is brilliant. I yeah. actually use it as a content calendar. Yeah. So um, what I've learned is to plan out my content for my business ahead of time, and I do that for ADHD Wellness Center, and I do this for my brand, Dr. Dwayne PsychMD, which is kind of my speaking, my podcasting business. I, I use that as a content um, calendar in Evernote. Um, so yes, you're, you're mentioning things. Asana is another tool that I like to use as well that's free. So a lot of these things are free too, you all. Yeah. They're, they're free. They're downloadable. They have mobile you know, um, apps. That you can take with you. So, you know, I I recommend at least try to be versatile, um, but they can be very effective tools. You're exactly right. And I like your idea of not putting ourselves in the way of being distracted by other things. Because social media can be very distracting. Um, What we write can be very distracting. Um, I always get uh, kidded by my friends and my significant other about, okay, it's okay. You've been thinking about it for an hour. Like when I plan vacations, I'm on the website for three hours trying to find the right hotel, the right, all of these things. And they're just like, just pick one already. It's going to be okay. You know, because I mean, I think that's something that I share with you and that you mentioned is that that's, that's so Interesting that and, and it's, a, it's a characteristic trait of, of some individuals who may have ADHD is that we tend to focus on things that we really are invested in. And it's hard to detach from it when it's time to detach. And so um, I think what you said is, you know, write things out, maybe on paper, write things out on Microsoft Word. And then what I often do actually is cut and paste and put it right in social media so I'm not distracted by other posts that are going by.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. That's a, it's a really good idea. It's so useful.
1: Yes, and, it and is. also,
0: um, if, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but Later.com. You mentioned a couple what tool You said for Instagram, what what tool did you mention?
1: So for Instagram,
0: Ripple.
1: Ripple there's Ripple.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. R I P L, I believe. R R P R I P L. Um, Ripple.com um, for Instagram. Let me see what else. I also use um, Promo. So it's Slidey by Promo. So those are the 30 second commercials that I sometimes use. Oh, canvas. That's what I, I often use. Canva. So Canva is a um, easy to use um, um, tool where you can put in your brand colors. You can actually um, um, have they have a, a variety of templates that are available for IG, LinkedIn, Facebook, Snapchat, you name it. Um, You can create posters, you can create programs, bulletins. So I use it for online social marketing and I create my own. And the thing about us, again, we're creative, right? And so I love, that's why I've done it for so long because I enjoy doing it for my brand. It was just the time that became an issue. But Canvas, hands down, I recommend that every entrepreneur has Canvas. The other thing I recommend, Dan, is that If you were to go and work with a marketing company, um, make sure that you understand what programs they use. I felt that. And that's just a recommendation because that's my personality. I always want to know just in case someone is not available and I already know what to do. That's just my personality. But learning more about that, it made me a better entrepreneur. It really did. So if you're, you know, working with a marketing um, company or a mentor or another entrepreneur who is showing you the ropes and showing you some, some easy, um, you know, or, or great apps that you can use for your business, you know, I recommend spending the time to learn more about them and see how they can be effective for your business. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I
0: love Canva it's amazing isn't yes. it? it is so amazing and um <laughs> <clears throat> it's just quick obviously you can create something like i'll create a blog post images and then i'll yes. just replicate that and then change the text and the you know the profile picture i'll do that for the for the podcast now
1: yes so, that's how i created my podcast yeah, it's brilliant exactly <laughs> yeah. there's, there's
0: a new tool i've got I, I, I try i try to stay away from obviously app sumo and things like that for buying tools there's so many tools available so, yes. so you could you could buy something every other day, but obviously I, I just think, well, if it's not going to add value to anything I'm doing, again, like like household purchases, don't buy it. But there's one called Relay Relay that, and I'm um, oh. not sure if you've seen it. Yeah, oh. have a look. Oh. Relay that.
1: Okay. It's on AppSumo now.
0: Um, Forty nine dollars, and I I bought it because I read this, the comments and it said someone told me it's like Canva on steroids. I thought you know what wow. well, I'm buying that, and um I'll have to I'll, after this podcast, well, um, I'll show you it.
1: Thank you, I appreciate that. But yeah, it's really Thank cool. You. Um, so you, so, so basically,
0: you, you go on and you choose your your brand colours, your logo, some kind of text, mm-hmm. and then instead of Canva, where you resize things yourself, or you choose a layout and, che- and change it, you type in your, your information, and that does it for you, because the graphic designers have, have created everything. Wow. So you could say, like, I'm on a Facebook ad, click a button, and it's going to show you tons of different styles of Facebook ad with all the same text and images, But in different layouts, and it's it's amazing.
1: Wow! It sounds amazing. I know I'm gonna love it. I know I'm gonna love it. There's a couple of things
0: that it doesn't do that Canva does do, Mm -hmm. but the amount of images you can create, especially for Instagram, is just amazing. It's brilliant.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate the the recommendation. Yes, I'm definitely gonna look into it. I'm um, definitely and and that's one thing is when you find like three or four things just you know stick with them because there's so many things out there try yeah. the free trials making sure you take advantage because you may end up not liking it um, but like you if I like relay that I'm gonna it's worth paying you know a subscription for because you know you're going to use it it's a valuable tool it's easy to use there's so many reasons why people pay for subscriptions right so I think that's a very good point that you brought up
0: Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Podcast, the number one resource for entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs with ADHD. Please be sure to subscribe. And if you found this episode useful, please do leave a review. If you have any questions or if you want to speak to other business owners just like you, join us in our free Facebook community. Head to entrepreneur.com forward slash group to join. And finally, this episode was brought to you by Huxo Creative the web agency that helps your business stand out and get results. If you want to find out how you can get better results from your website or social media efforts, head over to the blog at hookso.co.uk where you'll find a number of free resources.